Science. Hello, welcome to Probably Science. Uh, I'm Jesse K. I'm one of the hosts. Um, who's this guy over here to my left? What's Andy going on? Wood. Hey, Andy. It's good to meet you, man. You as well. I've been wondering who the, I've been living with. You didn't notice there was a guy cutting down this orange tree a few <laughs> minutes ago? It looked kind of like... You, you did remember? go nuts on that tree. <laughs> yeah. You freaked out, on, you freaked out just, on that tree a lot. I've seen you tear stuff off it and throw it when you're stressed about oh, festival stuff. I threw out my shoulder because like... Sometimes when I get really mad, I don't. I'm not like the kind of guy who'll punch walls just because I know I'll break my hand. So like, I'll take the time to find something that I can throw hard that won't do any damage, but it'll still be satisfying. It's it's good to like uh, plan your passion right. like that. You have a distracting leaf in your hair. That's because of the orange tree I was cutting. There we go. It's gone now. Uh, so I'll Who's pick that off. I'll pick off That's my cushion. No one wants to hear about my orange rage. Okay. <laughs> well, we can talk about it in a second. Right. I do, but I haven't been introduced nah, yet. <laughs> hey, we have a guest. Hi. Uh, who are you? What's Hi, going I'm on? I'm Emily Gordon. Emily Gordon. Yeah. How you guys? Um. Funny person, mm-hmm. producer, host, uh, co-host of the Indoor Kids. Uh, yeah. Producer it. and creator of Meltdown, both a live show in LA, which I think I'm going to be doing the week this comes out. Yes. And uh, and the TV show. That's right. The Comedy Central series as well. Yep. yep. Definitely the the, uh, the best show in LA. Go check it out, everybody. Wednesdays. Yep. Nerd Melt. Also on a sunset. dancer. Not really. I just like to, if I'm a multi-hyphenate, let's yeah. multi-hyphenate. <laughs> Former fa- family therapist. Former family therapist. That's true. Oh, Sorry, this is uh, Comet News that's playing, auto-playing on my laptop. What is happening? Why is everything... Give me an orange. Oh. I want to throw a tree. <laughs> yes, yeah. I know. It's, so it's, a, right it's a live Jasmine ad. Uh, for... <laughs> no, we all know what this is. Those are very... We all, no. Oh, the live Jasmine ads are the worst. You <laughs> also get. Well, you also get what? Mac Keeper? Mac Keeper on that occasion. Keeper. And that makes me feel dirtier than the live Jasmine. No, absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah. the Mac Keeper thing's malware. It's really gross. But it's... But it's uh, you get live Jasmine, and then you get the one guy that wants to tell you about free webcams... Hey, I've learned all the secrets to free webcams. (laughs) I just want to tell you about these cam girls. There are girls right now on camera that are showing you everything. I like that, and I'm going to show you how to get that for free. This is what happens when you're researching science news stories. Yeah, you're researching science news story. You're working on something for your screenplay. Um, you know, you're, Research. yeah, you're brushing yeah. up on your Dostoevsky and then a live dusting jazz- off the old Dostoevsky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. Um, well done. Yeah. Uh, cause you want to give it a little jerk from underground. You know what I'm saying? Oh, deep cut, deep cut. Don't Jesus Christ me. <laughs> <laughs> Point being, uh, live Jasmine, uh, those live jazz, everyone knows what we're talking about. Yeah, they're All the, the listeners. Worst. They're the worst. Either you do or you don't, but if you don't, you shouldn't. So it's okay. Yeah. Well, if you, if you don't, you should. If you don't, you, you should. should get really? Into it. Are we pro porn on this podcast? I guess yes. we're of course, neutral. Of course, we're pro porn, <laughs> and I don't want to throw anyone under the bus tonight. Well, I won't because it's my idea. But I once had like ten dollars of webcam website credit. How? Because I'd paid for it once because I'm creepy. <laughs> and uh, but I had like ten bucks left over. I do remember this? And yeah. we hooked up the laptop to the HDMI. So it was like a total sausage fest sitting around you on the big screen. You sat watching porn together? It's not See, porn. That I've never done. It's not porn. Never, it's the cam things. It's an actual yeah. person well, who is like... It's chat roulette. Uh, Andy, right. Andy, not, no, it's like... It's uh, not chat roulette. Paid. It's like a live Jasmine I thing. I didn't believe it was a real thing. Andy became obsessed with the fact that it's just playing on a loop and there's no and way... you wanted that, to prove it wasn't just a I loop. wanted to prove that, no, this is a real... Uh, this is a real like sex say, slave in the Ukraine. Tug on your earlobe a la um, Carol Burnett. And then <laughs> right. Or a real consensual webcam person <laughs> in any country. Probably a real sex slave in the Ukraine. We don't have that wallpaper here. And, 
<laughs> I'm serious. You're going true detective on this. It's, I it's a country where they get like the rem- the the t-shirts from the losing teams from the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Well, no, you see that a lot in porn where you're like, we don't have those curtains. Like, where is this? Well, some, you're somewhere else. But you're, that's okay. Be somewhere else. Uh, be somewhere else. Yeah. You need to make money. But my point is, uh, yeah, so we sat around once and... and uh, and clothed like, no we didn't do anything a, we were all scientific. just sitting there we're all sitting there being scientific we're doing a study and uh but it was like type like hey i know this sounds weird this isn't like a fetish thing touch your earlobe or if it is a fetish thing got, deal with it right, deal with it right. got approved my buddy you know she's like yeah. and then it's like and then we're all like oh boy yeah how did we oh, start they have off every this? motion programmed into this amazing technology yeah that's like, yeah, we should be using that for gra- like a greater good than just cam girls. Because yeah. you probably can, for cheaper, just get a girl to be there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is one of those ones where you just kind of go, hang on. The conspiracy the can't is be. Well, than actually, that. yeah, it would be easier just to... Have a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about like the faking the moon landing. It's like, well, you still have to build a Saturn V and launch it into fucking space. Yeah, that people go, could just, track that's with a... true. Just people go saw the actual Just go to the moon the at that point, maybe. Yeah. My grandmother did not believe in the moon landing that it, that it happened. She, not for... Like, she never believed it. She did not believe that it ever happened. Nice. Yeah. Is that like a deathbed confession? No, she talked about it openly her whole life. And we were all like, okay, whatever you say. She was like, it doesn't make sense. The wind isn't blowing. Like, she had something about the wind and the shadows. That is and a thing then, right. that's, say, one, that's yeah. one of the common ones where they yeah. go, like, the flag is, they go, like, there's no air on the air on the moon but the flag was flapping in the wind and the, the answer to that is it's it so, wasn't right? flapping in yeah. the wind it was moving with momentum because it was moved by the astronauts and they also and put a blo- thing in to keep it they put like a to keep it out straight because that's very yeah. sad to have like a just, just a, a little like limp, a flag. flag yeah they thought ahead the nobody wants that by yeah. the way we had a listener write in when we were discussing we had a, a, a not a debate exactly we were talking about the difference between zero gravity and weightlessness uh, well, like, weightlessness when you're still within the confines of Earth's you gravity. Guys get but into just, it. We feel, get into it. I've brought you down. I apologize. No, no. I, no. no. I, somehow what? I knew from. I, I started with live Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> somehow I knew from some podcast appearance that you were on that you also read Mary Roach's Packing for Mars. One of my I'm favorite books. Fan of. Yeah. Such a great book. Well, we had Chris Hadfield on a few weeks ago and we asked him about the booze. You on know, the men space pack station. for Venus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you go? Can you leave? I'll see you guys. Jesse, back in the crate. Back in the crate. We'll let you know when you can come out again. Just bad. Jesse. That was actually quite good. No, I know. You know what? We should have like a soundboard, like a flash sound player of just uh, Brian Cranston yelling up, Jesse. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we asked Chris Hadfield about whether there is booze on the space station. And actually, if you listen back to his answer, he was very cagey because he was like, you that would not be a good idea. He didn't actually, he didn't, say he, no. he didn't lie and but say he, did, he never but he saw. Did say, I don't brought up packing cagey. for Mars and he went, well, Mary Roach has never actually been in space. <laughs> and then yeah. there was like a He's, mic drop moment. Yeah, yeah, a little like, shit talk. Good she point. certainly has not, but she did do a lot of research. She did a lot of research. It's yeah. a very fun book. Um, and we, we were talking about weightlessness and things and uh, trying to, <laughs> trying, to exp- <laughs> uh, trying to explain how things can be uh, in have the effect of weightlessness even though yeah you're, you're still close enough to earth that you have if 90% of the earth's gravity is still pulling you and uh, a listener by the name of David Moss wrote in with a link to a great XKCD what if thing one second Don't they, aren't they look. isn't xkcd a comic strip it's a comic strip but yeah. he also does these like what if scenarios oh that's cool um, yeah, the guy who the guy who makes that strip is i think he's a physicist by trade oh that's awesome that i love right. that comic yeah, yeah it's great both the comic and yeah the 
He really does know his stuff. Like, it's accurate. But we've also discussed Mm. the Vomit Comet, which I suppose turns out you're just skydiving in a thing. That's well, that, but that's what to an, to an extent that's what you're doing in orbit, but just for a smaller amount of time. I mean, large, longer amount of time. Yeah, it re- yeah, but it the- really is like oh, it, again. We're sort of getting back into what we were sort of got mixed up on last time, but it's kind of like if you had a really really high cliff and you were inside a big box and mm-hmm. someone just dropped it off the end. Right from that perspective, once you're falling, but it's not the parabola points. The parabola points are just to get you up again. To that's right. You Which, know, to skydive again. Well, the the para- a parabola is the <clears throat> um, not, is the trajectory that you f- that you free f- fly in? So if you throw a ball up in the air, or uh, it fl- it goes up and down in a parabola. Yes, yes. But so, they also do that with people, especially for when they're filming movies where you have. Yes, to be in space. so that's yeah. that's what they it does. Do. That plane flies in that shape. Can I live Jasmine this again for a second, really quick? Go sure. Remember when every fucking commercial was Girls Gone Wild? Yes, they did a space themed one. They did. First of all, I learned this, which is fascinating to me. The Girls Gone Wild music, the reason it was shitty Caribbean music, is because that's the cheapest free licensed music you can get. So if it was like five cents more, it would have been like Indian music, would have been like the Girls Gone Wild theme. But instead, I would have liked that better. <laughs> instead, it's like like steel pan drums. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they had one where it was just like vomit comet shots, and it was like Girls Gone Wild in space. Oh, their titties be bouncing. Their titties be bouncing. <laughs> yes, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> zero G strings. Uh, so, uh, but then I was just thinking, like that, f- those fucking outtakes, because they're all wasted. You can't be in a vomit comet wasted. Oh, that's a good. It's already called the vomit comet. Put them in. Oh, yeah. Just the amount of that had projectile. Yeah, that would have been brutal. That was a rough day. A rough day. That of means shooting. it kind of suggests that it was slightly set up. They didn't just naturally find those girls, girls partying in that spacecraft. Oh, you think it was set up? <laughs> you think? Yeah, because because like because I mean I, I previously was believed that you know they go that he he was just you know, having he was having a drink in the vomit comet and there were a couple of girls hanging out there as well also having absolutely. a drink and then after a while he like persuaded yeah. like he was like hey do you want to get him out for the camera it's as if but actually pre planning went into these events yeah. it almost feels like that like it's a, t- a production like an actual production and not just like a you know like a by chance yeah as long as you guys Here. aren't going to tell me that those girls didn't just need a ride on that bus in South Florida oh like, no that, they definitely needed okay a they ride. needed that's rides in buses okay, yeah bank buses are as... still real yeah some Excellent. things are sacred <laughs> I um like it's. There's been times when I've been on the road and I haven't had a car or whatever where just, you know, the regular bus service just isn't coming and the bang bus is the only one you can take. Yeah. You just have to flag it down and... I, and then you get lucky. You well, know, super or, lucky. Or not, yeah. You, just, you know yeah. what's... Uh, okay, embarrassing Jesse Case story. Okay. <laughs> um, Do you have music for that? No. Cue it up. Um, I, uh, when you're me, uh, it really sucks when your credit card gets stolen mm-hmm. because the shit you buy is just as weird. <laughs> So, they don't ever know. They can't sit on tell. the phone with the agent and be like, no, that one was me. No, exactly. So I've had to call and she's like, she's like, okay, um, $300 at Ikea. And I'm like, no, no. And then she's like, bangbus.com. I'm like, Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like one time I went to Subway three times in a day. And I just had to admit, Breakfast, she's, like, and she's like, Subway at 9.15. Yeah. And then at 11.30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What a day you were having. It's like the guy that stole my credit card's way more responsible. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. $40 at Petco? Nah. No. Nah, I wouldn't. 
So that's not what you had Life hope. insurance? Uh-uh. No. You no. had hope that you were going to eat somewhere else that day. And then it just did not pan out. You Didn't were like, I'll out. probably eat somewhere else for lunch. There's no way I'm going to eat Subway twice. Did you today. leave the Subway? Okay, not a third time. <laughs> Definitely not going to have When I When I lived in Seattle, it was a massive apartment building. So there was a Subway, like there were businesses on the bottom. Uh-huh. And there was a Subway. So I just eat Subway all the time. That I lived above a coffee shop in Chicago. And I was there on a constant basis. Even though it was terrible, the food was bad, the coffee wasn't great. It was right. pretentious. I was there all the time. Yeah, we were also right across the street from a bang bus station. <laughs> Catch that bang bus. Get a ride to school. I don't know what that song was, and I apologize. Can we can we give, give the rights to that song to the bang bus? If they're listening, that should be your new theme. So you're like phoning, up, just like phoning yeah. up the central depot and just go like... Fuck's sake! I've been waiting for a bang bus <laughs> yeah. for thirty-five minutes. It was I'm right going to be late. Yeah, someone they should have an app so you can just track the bang bus. Yeah, so you don't have to wait in the rain. You can wait inside until the bang bus is right like a block away. So hey, uh, Hector Gavaro, custodian of records. If you're listening to this, which I've always said, uh, the, the official title Why of that the fuck should do we be know the custodian of records. <laughs> well, they, that shouldn't be a custodian of records. It should be called a notary pubic. A notary pubic. Yes, Jesus of course. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so point point being weightlessness, guys. Weightlessness. So, uh, uh, science. Science. So this XKCD what if. A few people wrote in to, to XKCD asking questions such as, what if a spacecraft slowed down on reentry to just a few miles per hour using rocket boosters? Uh, would that negate the need for a heat shield? Someone else asked, is it possible for a spacecraft to control its reentry in such a way it avoids the atmospheric compression and thus would not require heat shields? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but that would actually be extremely difficult Um and uh, the XKCD explanation goes into the fact that like the difficulty of getting to space isn't that it's high up. It's hard to get into orbit because you have to go so fast. Hmm. Uh, it's about the like that you have to get that horizontal um, velocity to the point that you are entering orbit. And um, David Moss sent us a different article that is um, a breakdown of why rocket science is so difficult. It isn't just that the actual physics of I always thought that phrase the problem. was bullshit until now. Yeah. No, it really, but the, the tricky thing is just that you have so few parameters to play with. So it would be the difficulty of rocket science is that uh, it takes such a massive amount of fuel because everything you're doing to propel yourself, you, once you're in space, you don't have the benefit of doing anything with uh, lift. There's no atmosphere. So everything is about um, action reactions, about throwing yeah. something lift, out lift the back. Lift is going to go to space one day. They're way better than you. Hopefully, yes. Uh, but you have to be throwing something out on, the back of your thing to propel yourself forward. So that requires a ton of mass, and that's why rockets are such a huge percentage yeah. rocket fuel and a tiny amount payload. And they're just factors until we find, unless we're going to get to space some other way, like by some like magnetic railgun or something. Like there's always going to be these intractable, like this this rocket equation that you can only fudge the numbers with so much, hmm. and uh, yeah, so it takes says- more. It takes as much power or as much energy cost um, to get from the surface of the Earth to Earth orbit, which isn't very high up at all, as it does to go from Earth orbit to the surface of Mars. Jesus Christ. So like, there's always this huge cost to just get, just get into orbit is yeah. the first thing. Right. And that's always going to limit what we're going to do, no matter what technology we have. Like Propellants can only get so efficient. You're still having to have something of some mass that you're shooting out the back. Which is one of the reasons why they're lo- the trips, to one of the methods they're looking to get to Mars and get beyond is to have some kind of space base or a base on the moon first that has a lower gravity to escape. Because that'll be easier to get out. But then then even getting... Yeah, so this article on NASA, uh, NASA.gov that we will link to... Um, is so, that a government agency? <laughs> it is. This, there's something called the rocket equation, um, which takes into account... I've seen them three, three times. They're great. Three yeah. variables. Uh, given any two of these variables, a third becomes cast in stone. Hope, wishing, or tantrums MC cannot squared alter the result. <laughs> 
Uh, although momentum balance, these variables can be cast as energy. Is there the energy expenditure against gravity, often called delta V, or the change in rocket velocity, the energy available in your rocket propellant, often called exhaust velocity or specific impulse, and the propellant mass fraction, which is how much propellant you need compared to the total rocket mass? So as you change any two, you know, a change in one of those affects how much wiggle room you have with the others, and uh, there's only so many things you can do with the rocket itself because it has to be structurally sound enough to hold together i'm gonna be honest though this does sound fucking easy <laughs> but yeah and once you're in space uh you have to just rely on um having hurdled yourself in the right direction for a while because mm-hmm. you can't do that much to like change your and that's going to expend a ton of energy if you do yeah, yeah. And, and if you wanted to come back and land uh by reversing thrusters but doing the opposite of a takeoff that would mean you'd have to have been carrying this giant rocket in the yeah. orbit with you the whole time instead of just using so the atmosphere says, to slow yourself yeah, down. Yeah, so he says reaching the orbital speed takes much more fuel than reaching the orbital height. Most of the fuel used is to get you going horizontally rather than vertically. Wow. And then you'd need pretty much the same amount again to slow you down to dr- drift through the atmosphere. So instead, the most efficient way to slow yourself down isn't to use a whole load of fuel reverse thrusting. It's just to slam into the atmosphere and use heat shields to protect it. Wow. Hmm. And yeah, so most rockets are like 85% propellant. And oh yeah, they're just giant gas tanks. Yeah. yeah. With like a little tiny thing where you're cramped inside and I would right. probably die. Oh, I, the, so I thought about the amount things. of panic attacks I would have. So many panic attacks. Just laying there on top of a, on top of several nuclear bombs, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and just the amount of tiny space. I'm, I'm a little uh, claustrophobic, so any, like when you look in and see just how tiny that space actually is. See, I'm actually quite claustrophilic. Like, I like enclosed spaces. Claustrophilic? I, I, I seriously like, I like, you know. That's cute. That's Cool. It's like getting hugged by a piece of metal. But that's yeah. From, yeah. But that's I just from your, I feel cozy. Right. That's from your time spent in chimneys in your childhood. Right. Well, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> it naturally. Yeah. You know. I do there. know a couple of people who are very fond of small spaces. I I'm not. I'm like I don't. I've gotten like a, you're like a cat, Matt. Yeah. You, you know. Get in there. I would ideally we're we're in the backyard as we always are recording this thing. I would much rather be doing it from the crawl space. <laughs> mm-hmm. We tried. That That's once. a different podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How are you going to die? That's the question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I'm getting just like an MRI done, which like it's it's I'm I have to like have someone like talk to me while it's happening because if I think about what's happening, I'll just start thrashing. That's not good. When I first saw I M- MRIs on TV as a kid, I was like, "That's my new biggest fear is having to lie in a tunnel." It's very scary. Had an MRI twice and I enjoyed it. <laughs> good. I'm very yeah. happy for you. Good on you, Matt. <laughs> wow. I couldn't handle it. Interesting other piece of trivia about uh, how much propellant there are and things. Um, the space shuttle's external tank is 96% uh, useful contents and 4% structure. Compare that to a soda can, which is only 94% soda compared to. So it's an even higher percentage oh, of wow. stuff to structure in the shuttle's external tank than in a can of soda. And that was maybe my favorite thing about packing for Mars, by the way, was like her explaining... She's like, you know, you think everything in the space program, they're like, oh, it can't possibly cost this much money to have this one thing. And she was like, here's here's an explanation of why that's the case. Yeah. Uh, the American flag that we were going to plant on the surface couldn't fit anywhere inside because everything has an exact place and it couldn't fit anywhere inside uh, the capsule or anywhere else. So they had to then devise a flag that could be posted to the outside and ride into space. So it had to be heat resistant. It had to be like stick on it hard enough that it would not come off while it was shooting into the like... 
the amount of work it took them to just get an American flag that could go to space. Yeah, let alone that, and let that, alone that magnetic uh, uh, support the troops sticker that they had to have on this side. <laughs> yeah. like, that yeah. thing and was, then you have your 9-11 thing and your right. autism thing. You've got so the many The of every astronaut's family have to be on <laughs> yeah. there. Like, the, uh, the, the, uh, if you can read this, then the bitch fell off, which right. I, I think is uh, misogynistic, but it's a different time. It's a different time back memory of Kristen McAuliffe as well. Like, I don't think that's... I had a t-shirt in memory of her. It's so weird, though, that they used to have a bitch writing the lunar module because <laughs> they have to then send up a bitch you have to put up the extra of course like, it's too hot in here <laughs> Saturn 5 I what don't is like this, this. what, what we, happened in the first four where are we going to dinner <laughs> you guys are nerds <laughs> um, oh god I'm sorry for that voice <laughs> no, no I think you're getting us out of jail free on this one gender wise like you're gender making wise, up for I'm our, allowed to do yes, yes um, Emily Emily was in a sorority with my cousin no well yeah. it's a fraternity actually fraternity yeah I'm sorry I get a I social get organization yeah, a, social a social organization. organization. We were a fraternity who is mostly females. Okay. Uh, but uh, a few males. And it, uh, it was an honor fraternity that I joined because uh, I needed to. And they took me because they needed diversity. And I counted as diversity. Oh, okay. What was sure. it called? The three tits. Um, there you go. God. F- oh, fuck. Uh, what was it called? F- phi Kappa Sigma? You, don't, you remember. No, I really honestly don't. Well, sing the song. <laughs> I remember the oh god I don't remember do you know? what school was no, it do you no. remember what university you went to <laughs> this was University of North Carolina in Greensboro okay, okay. Uh, Phi Sig Kappa Phi Sigma Pi Phi Sigma Pi or maybe the other Phi, way around sure I'll ask Kevin Phi Sig we'll figure it out yeah Kevin uh, and Kevin and I were pals. We yeah. were still Facebook friends. Did you guys live together? I mean, was the house? No, it wasn't uh, like that. We were just an honor fraternity, house. so we just would meet and do like events around campus. And they took me because I, at that time, had like really bright. I had purple hair and like piercings. You were diverse. So I was the yes, literally, I was the one like some of our members have purple hair. Like it said it on the website for a while. <laughs> I was. I was. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I was in a lot of. I was in a lot of groups in high school because of my like pink dreadlocks and like mm-hmm. you know do you have any pictures of this I yeah can't. dude I, I've I never used to, seen it I, I used to go through cycles of hair color where then I would just re-bleach everything and then just do it again or then sometimes just shave half like it was chaos. it's a different time it was a different time yeah. it was the 90s Phi Sigma Pi there you Phi go. Sigma Phi Sigma Pi Phi Sigma Pi I okay. might be wrong and we always, we've already done uh, one sort of story but before we get into the topical stuff we normally ask our guests what if anything is your background in science <laughs> uh, uh, that there, there really doesn't have to be anything. Uh, I um, I was very interested in biology uh, as uh, like when I was younger and uh, was kind of almost planning on, on, on majoring in that. I took a lot of uh, science courses and then ended up going to psychology. Uh, got a degree in psychology and then I got a master's in couples and family therapy. Which I don't know. Some people think it's a science. Some people don't. Yeah, uh, it's a science. Well, I, I mean, to well, to do the, the psychology degree, did you have to do sort of statistics courses in there? A lot to, of, yeah, yeah, quite a few statistics courses um also a couple as a uh in my master's program but that program was really more based on practice and less on research like that was the whole thing is like i wanted to leave school and immediately start working with clients and so i didn't want to that's why i didn't go for clinical psychology uh which would have taken much longer uh, and then i would have had to like be a fellow and like do all this other stuff i just wanted to work with clients so um, I did like stats courses in undergrad and a bit in grad school. There's nothing more annoying when one of your like pre-licensed friends tries to therapy you, though. Oh God! If you're just like at a party, happen to you? it happens all the time. Like if you know anyone in med school, and it's like you're not done yet. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> you can stop diagnosing. Also, me. you're at a party. Let's right. like, maybe keep the work out of it. Like I don't even 
like when people people always joke like oh you were around comedians all the time you have clients they're like shut the fuck up these are like that's not yeah yeah that's like demeaning both to comedians and to psychology like that's not how it goes that's not how it works uh but people think that's a real funny joke but yeah wow yeah well also i wonder what do you get like in the even though you don't practice anymore although you still have a blog that i i like is more of an advice column than I kind of do that instead of seeing clients these days, which I've toyed with going back to, but right now uh, I'm kind of busy with others. Yeah. I have a couple other things happening. And, uh, you, and your your blog has a big disclaimer on the side that's like, hey, if I ask you a question, I'm, that doesn't make me your therapist. And Yeah, I had to protect myself a little because I, I started getting anonymous comments that were like, hey, I'm going to kill myself. What are you going to do? Oh, what are you going to do oh, to help me? And I was wow. like, that's not okay to do. Like, you're yeah. anonymous, so I literally can't find you. I do have a duty to report if someone, uh, you know, threatens self-harm, threaten self-harm uh, in, my, in my place, but that I got a degree before the internet was like a thing really right and so it's a there's like a whole new set of rules so I have a very strong disclaimer do not message me and tell me you're going to kill yourself if you are feeling that way go somewhere where something can be done about it don't come to me because I cannot help you and I'm just going to take it as you uh, trying to get attention because when you're anonymously on tumblr telling someone that it's it's not a cry for help it's hard it's it's tough so I I just wanted to protect myself and also let people know I can't help you if you are anonymous and you tell me you're going to kill yourself, I can't help. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah, right. It's a bummer. But you, instead, like I, I like your column. Like I, oh, thank you. I, I always sort of. It's one of those ones I sort of forget it exists, and then you'll tweet. <laughs> I know Jesus that sounds harsher. Fucking crazy! I'm going to go get in the crate. So fuck you. God, that sounded worse. There's no, so like, much I, room in the crate. Like it's one of those ones. Like every so often, like I've, I've kind of like, oh shit, I haven't read it for. And then you tweet something, and then I'll read that, and then I'll just go through the entire backlog and thoroughly enjoy it. I, at this point, I have so many unanswered uh, questions, and it's uh, that's also tough because I can't. I don't. There are not enough hours in the day to get to all of them, so yeah. I just pick. I just pick random ones. Uh, Did you give also, the URL to listeners yet? I don't know if you actually. Oh, it's emilyvgordon.tumblr.com. Oh. That's why I love doing this podcast because I always forget Matt exists. Yeah, and then he shows up. <laughs> and and we're like, like, that came so like, much worse yeah. than I was planning. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so much. Does not bother me. At all. I apologize. But um, also, you a couple of times you'll do one of my favorite things in any advice column, which is what like I love it whenever this happens in any advice column is when someone writes in with a here's my situation and she's doing this and this is what's happening and then you write back going no you are the bad person in this. <laughs> which I love like whenever whenever anyone writes into any advice column and the advice just is just blaming the other person yeah yeah and the advi- advice is basically yeah you need to stop being a dick yeah. right now you are <laughs> and they're in you, control and, and, of the narrative and they couldn't even spin it to make themselves they, yeah. look right and they're trying like, yeah, often they're yeah. trying but it's a very clear yeah. like they're There's, not you yeah. are putting agency onto us it's always written in a sort of passive voice like and this has been happening and it's yeah. like well, when, when, and then <laughs> cheating happened and they're like <laughs> did, that, did it just happen? Did your dick fall into her, or did you actually fuck someone else? Yeah. Um, well, as someone whose dick has just fallen into things, I will defend. I mean, that does happen. It's very rare. Yeah. It's anomaly. Mostly and very, hills. Very yeah, yeah. It's an anomaly. No, I I love when uh, the disclaimer up front lets you know something's going to be terrible. Like uh, if someone's looking for advice or something like that, but it's just like. Like, dear Emily, uh, first and foremost, I am not a Nazi. Now, <laughs> listen. Anyway, I- I've got this armband. Uh, yeah. For the most part, I, I, I am amazed at even anonymously people are, uh, the people who ask questions are, they mostly know what they're doing. They're just feeling a little like unsure if they're going the right direction. My thing Sometimes is, just even the act of writing it out is enough exactly, to... Exactly, exactly. Yeah. For the most part, it's I, I get the best questions and I have amazing people that uh, that read and, and are involved in, in that whole column. And I very, very rarely get anybody who's doing anything weird whatsoever or anything that 
would put me in a weird situation. Uh, so and they're great. So I don't want to I don't want to uh, like make fun of them too much because so they're all fantastic humans. You were telling us recently, Emily, that you have. Um... <laughs> no, sorry, you're in the middle of saying. So you. <laughs> what? Why? What's so funny? I wasn't going to. What were we in the middle Jasmine. of saying? Jasmine.com. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, no. You were bringing up earlier that you just you just moved into a place. Yes. Uh, so you have a new place, and mm-hmm. you were mentioning that you guys are getting it stocked with art. Mm. What's your favorite art? What do you go for? Visual. <laughs> I like. Um. I. I'm kind of. I'm a junkie for like pop pop art stuff. Like I. Most of the stuff we have is like stuff from a Mr. Show art show or like stuff from a. Nice. I have a. Uh, Ghostbusters and Boys Don't Cry, Cure Boys Don't Cry mashup. Okay. That I'm quite fond of. Good. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm not like, I'm not great with art stuff. Like I know what looks cool to me, but it's not always, I like very graphic, uh, very loud stuff. Well, uh, Emily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you know? I don't uh, like this voice you're using. You, I'm sorry. Did you know that? This is uh, Jesse's segue voice. <laughs> okay. Good voice. Good voice. Did you know that uh, uh, astronomy detectives can now reveal the origin of famous impressionist paintings? What's this? I don't even understand the words that you said. I, I know all the words, but I don't understand the order. Well, astronomical clues could pinpoint the exact day and time that Claude Monet painted impression uh, Soleil Levant. From this guy? Uh, yes. The art piece that lent its name to the impressionist art movement. Based on the celestial detective work of Donald Olson, a Texas State University astronomer and physics professor, curators think they've identified the moment that Monet attempted to capture from his hotel room in the city of Le Havre, France, November 13th, 1872 at 7.35 a.m. Which is just a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Timely. Uh, Monet is celebrated today for his attention to the uh, fleeting quality of light and color at a specific time and place. But there has been some confusion about what moment exactly Monet was trying to depict when he painted the vibrant orange sun and muted misty gray sky of this painting. Uh, some, uh, uh, some art historians have even contended that the painting depicts a sunset, not a sunrise. Oh, my God. Olson has a history of using astronomy to settle such historical minutia. He, collaborated, uh, or he corroborated Mary Shelley's account of the moonlight streaming into her window when she awoke from the nightmare that inspired her to write Frankenstein. In another study in 2010, he linked the strange, huge meteor procession referenced in American poet Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass to a rare procession of earth-grazing meteors that streaked along the horizon in 1860. He's also calculated the direction of the moonlight in important moments in American history to explain why Paul Revere wasn't spotted by British sentries on a nearby ship in 1775, and he also speculated what the Mona Lisa's vagina smelled like. Uh, Jesse, that Olson's was, latest Jesse, find that wasn't in there. That wasn't in there. Sure one of these was Where are you guys? There. I'm getting this live Jasmine pop. Nope. <laughs> oh, no, I got those confused. Okay. I'm sorry, you guys. The final thing he did was why Confederate General Stonewall Jackson was mistaken for the enemy when he was shot by his own troops. I think it smells like paprika. That's my guess. Good call. <laughs> Christian's wearing sunglasses. I want to per- point that out now. Is it, <laughs> Things just got a whole lot cooler. <laughs> Things just got real weird. I looked over and I was like, "Oh, Christians in sunglasses." I thought you said Christian. No, me too. Uh, I thought you said Christian. I was about to say Christian. I don't ever call you by your first name. Really? Never. Never noticed that. Mm. Uh, So his latest findings. This guy Olson. They're described in catalog for Monet's Impression Sunrise, the biography of a painting, an exhibition on display at the Musée Montmartre Monet in Paris from September 18th uh, this year to January 18th of next year to settle the case. By the way, a little side note. Uh, listeners to the podcast, you know roughly where we live, uh, well, where this is taking place in Valley Village in uh, sort of the North Hollywood area. Mm-hmm. So uh, see if you can work out, given that I just put on my t- sunglasses, yeah. Yeah. what time of day we're recording and what direction I'm sat in around the table. That's a great idea. Olson, get on that shit. Yeah. 
We need a professional. It was time to look fucking awesome o'clock. That's <laughs> what it is. I my sunglasses. We can do dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Just take those science stories off the shelf. <laughs> oh, did I tell you the, the last time I stayed at a Motel 6, the uh, methed out trucker sex happening in the next room <laughs> was all fucking uh, Seeger. Like that was the whole soundtrack. It was like that. eight hours Seager's of Seeger. Seeger's good to fuck to. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're both from North Carolina. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we know we are, this. We are. It's borderline law. Uh, <laughs> my parents went to high school dick's with gonna rash dude. again. On, I don't get to, uh, you can't get more Michigan than Seeger. What are you guys laying claim to him for? We lay claim to everything. We lay claim to first in flight. We took that one away from oh, yeah, Ohio. Yeah, that <laughs> wasn't fair at all. That was not it, fair. And we're running with it. Mm-hmm. It's like they spent a weekend on mm. in your states yeah. and then went back to where yeah. they built the stuff. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, so Olsen first turned to historic photographs of Le Havre uh, to reconstruct the southeast view Monet must have had from his hotel room. The sun in Monet's paintings appears as it would have roughly 20 to 30 minutes after sunrise. He then calculated uh, when this time would have corresponded with high tide, the only time sailing ships could have entered the shallow harbor. He was left with 19 possible dates. None of them with girls. Yes. Sorry. Uh, to narrow his options further, uh, Olsen looked at historical weather reports and ruled out stormy days. The curve of the smoke plumes on the left side of the painting hint that the wind was blowing east, leaving Olsen with just two options, November 13, 1872 and January 25, 1873. Art historian Geraldine Lefebvre <laughs> argued in the exhibition catalog for an 1872 uh, creation date matching the 72 next to Monet's signature on the canvas that was sometimes dismissed by curators who favored an 1873 date. <laughs> Why would he have lied? I don't know. Why would he have backdated his painting? Uh, it's pretty clear that maybe he owed money. Uh, the, it's pretty clear that Monet started from observations from his hotel window during his visit to La but then he showed his artistic genius by expressing emotional content that goes beyond literal depictions, Olsen explained. Knowing the details of the harbor scene in this painting only increases our admiration of the artist's skill in depicting this sunrise. Does it's a bit it? defensive, that last bit, where yeah, he's sort of, like, sort of like, are you just taking the fun out of the painting? Well, no, I'm not. No one even asked that. Yeah. <laughs> you're already getting I here. mean, I was kind of asking that. And this kind of stuff is a little... It gets weird when you're dealing with something like that. It's not like it's a photograph. It's an impressionist painting, and maybe Monet, like, sucked a little and got the wind wrong. Like, <laughs> you can't identify... You're, yeah. as, you're assuming 100% accuracy. Exactly. Which, he's an artist. He's supposed R- to take artistic license. Right. Yeah. You're, so you're sort of taking away his artistic yeah. side. Uh, also, to me, sounds like a character in like a Wes Anderson movie. Have we checked to make sure he's not? Because I could see them building a whole Wes Anderson movie around a guy whose job <laughs> oh, it is yeah. to recreate, I, I like, can see that. I can see that name in Yellow Helvetica. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what would happen. You can see him symmetrically taking a painting off the wall and putting it in front of him. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I can see him cuts. having a bunch yeah. of like framed butterflies for no reason next yeah. to a mm-hmm. telescope. He's looking for the date, but he found himself. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. Found, and his love for his mother and his maybe brother, definitely played by Adrian Brody. Hey, you guys want to listen to some fucking Spiel? Let's do it. Yeah. And then a slow-mo shot, and we're out. And the uh, museum security guard is, of course, Mr. Little Jeans. Oh, 100%. Uh, I mean, if he were still alive. But yeah. uh, I feel like this is a fun job he's created for himself, this guy. He's, yeah. And nobody asked for this. No one asked for it. But I like that he was like, I, this is, I love art, and I love history. I'm taking it to the next level. Yeah, and I'm an astronomer by trade, and I yeah. have all the charts. I read a book called The Day John Met Paul. Um, what was it about? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the exact... <laughs> is it about the doors? <laughs> uh, it was the turtles. Um, no, so it's about the, the day that sort of the quarryman was, was formed. Um, 
but but it's it's based on like a bunch of like British Navy weather data and all that. So everything is broken down into minute detail. Um, was that fun to read? It was fun when I was like 15 okay. and thought like oh, this means something. And then you're like, it was just some random shitty day. And oh. like, and the, you're like, someday some people, someone will be writing the book about the day I met the guy I'm in a band with. Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, sure, yeah. sure. Nah, that didn't end well. <laughs> yeah, we really sucked. <laughs> I wonder if science can we figure so out bad. the day we decided to make this podcast. Oh. I think I was around. We could figure it out. Yeah. I think I remember the day. I don't know. Uh, probably around conceived. November 2011. Has it been going for that long? 145 well, But there was quite a period of time between me bumping into both... Like, I bumped into Brooks and Andy within a week's period where both of them mentioned doing science, with si- having science backgrounds. Oh, and I already had that idea pottering around in my head. Speaking huh. of which, uh, in the Good Things Happening to Good People department, um, f- former co-host of the show and former guest of the show, uh, Brooks Whelan and, and Kurt Braunohler were just cast in a movie called Out of Town Wedding. I just oh, saw that's that great! Thing. Yeah. Uh, what, whose movie is it? What's the uh, I'm trying to find it again really quickly. Um, Kurt's getting some acting. His acting yeah. on. I'm, I'm happy for him. Brooks, Brooks is, you know. Brooks will do fine. Had, yeah, Brooks going to be fine. <laughs> not that Kurt's not going to be fine, but I'm, I, I, he, acting is a thing he had not done a bunch of before. Yeah, he's hilarious. And uh, he's got that pilot for Comedy Central that yeah, I hope goes. Um, I'm trying to get the article. Okay, it is called Out of, The Out of Town Wedding. It's an indie comedy directed. And Michael Cassidy, by... who was on Men at Work, is in it as well. And it's Michael uh, Cassidy, the guy with the dark hair, who's in the band with Harris Whittles, or a different Michael Cassidy? Uh, I don't know. This guy. No, that's a, a that's a very generic looking handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> They're the first members of the ensemble comedy for uh, Jed Rigney's film, uh, which centers on a group of five friends who reluctantly travel to a resort for a wedding that deteriorates into mayhem. So congrats to Brooks and yeah. Kurt. That's yeah. awesome. Mayhem. And also Brooks is going to be in an adult swim pilot called Biker Bar with John Benjamin. Nice. Whoa. And he's opening for John Oliver on a stand-up tour. Nice Welcome work, back Brooks. to the Brooks Whelan Hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we haven't checked in with him in a while. his hair's great. He was a Let's just talk guy. about all that the things. Hair. Hair. Did you know he, he was a state champion wrestler? He's got the V muscle going down to the oh, dick. Oh, yeah. He's I don't even the, know about uh, that. He's got the... No, he does. He's got the V. Yeah. Um, he's got an Anthony Kiedis tattoo, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I always call him uh, Book Stealing Brooks Whelan. Book stealing? I, for no reason whatsoever. I, oh, I so was, he doesn't have a history of literary theft? Not at all. I was just at a party and perhaps having a fun time and was like, book stealing, Brooks Whelan, and then yeah. it weirdly stuck. Your name rhymes with the phrase, so yeah. now that's going to be your nickname. Exactly. Yeah. Which is we, longer than his name. We almost accidentally outed uh, Mike Burns as being dad boner in like the first three episodes. Whoopsie. And then uh, Burns referred to Brooks as Brooksy Leaks <laughs> for a while <laughs> because of that, that's which great. he did not like at all. Um <laughs> This is a story I'd like to get into. It was yeah. it was from a couple of months ago now, but which is mean sad on it. We never had the opportunity to bring it up. But since you have a background in psychology and therapy, mm-hmm. this is a story that um, schizophrenia isn't Very familiar. Isn't one disorder, but eight. I did not read this at all. I I actually keep up with uh, psychology research fairly well, but this is not a story I heard whatsoever. Can you let's let's do let's it? Elapse. Absolutely. This is an article in the Daily Beast. Um, it says uh, schizophrenia is perhaps the most misunderstood mental illness, but a research team at the Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis has just come one step closer to understanding how it works. After analyzing the DNA of over four thousand patients with schizophrenia, or you pronounce it schizophrenia, right? Frenia. Frenia, oh, you okay. uh, the, um, the investigators of the study have determined that schizophrenia is not a single inherited disorder as previously believed, but rather eight separate genetic disorders that can combine into clusters which carry significant risks for schizophrenia. Interesting. 
As senior investigator Dr. C. Robert Kloniger notes, genes don't work by themselves. They function in concert much like an orchestra. And to understand how they're working, you have to not know just who the members of the orchestra are, but how they interact. Rather than focusing how on... How in love was he with his own analogy? <laughs> it's really... Pretty like, in love. When he thought of that before the interview... He was wearing a bow tie. Uh, rather than focusing on the individual genes that have been associated with schizophrenia, this team looked instead at the interactions between genes in order to isolate the causes of the illness. Hmm. Uh, in an audio interview, Kloniger observes that this multifaceted etiology of schizophrenia matches the plurality and complexity of its symptoms. Which is true. You'll, to, you'll have two people with schizophrenia who express it very differently. Right. And it's, uh, it's always been kind of weird. Like, oh, how are these two people? How do these two people have the same disorder? But they do, I um, guess. Or no, maybe they don't know. Well, it's, so I guess I'm reading on this article, but it feels like people who people have one or more of these eight different factors and they combine in different ways to provide different Do versions. Do we know of... what the eight are? So, uh, hang on, let me see. Uh, there isn't just this one kind of schizophrenia, but actually several different syndromes where some people have positive symptoms like mm-hmm. hallucinations and delusions and others have negative symptoms where they're not able to think logically and these different syndromes are associated with different groups of genes. Interesting. Uh, instead of looking for one gene that could account for all the possible configurations of schizophrenic syndromes, Kloniger and his colleagues looked at the way in which different configurations of genetic variations produce different symptoms in individual patients. And that would also make sense because it, I'm always I, I'm always the believer that people with schizophrenia are more of a danger to themselves and others. But the classic is like, oh, he's got schizophrenia, he's gonna he's gonna he's homeless, he's gonna stab me. But that's not the case. They're they're never they don't even notice you. They're so wrapped up in themselves. But then there are a subset of people with schizophrenia who do snap and and attack other people or attack strangers or mm-hmm. think that they're strangers or someone else. Right. Um, and that's always been a, a difficult thing to kind of. Because I've always preached, like, they're not dangerous. Like, that's a crazy thing to think that they're dangerous. Or at dangerous. the very least, you're, you're at, like, mm. I think statistics can back that up hugely, where Absolutely. The, you're far more in danger of self-harm or being harmed Absolutely. by someone else than you are of harming someone. Absolutely. That's very true. Uh, I, I worked in a home for uh, 270 people with schizophrenia. I was a supervisor to their therapist, and it was a very intense experience. And wow. I saw all kinds of different kinds of schizophrenia. Right. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm kind of amazed that mental illness even uh, falls into buckets that we can create names for because like it's not like the brain is like other organs where there's a definite way it's supposed to function even in perfectly healthy people the brain operates so vastly differently from person to person right that how can you but then so uh, but then so do other so do the organs body. do they i mean well, well like if you have anxiety anxiety kind of feels similar across different they might express it differently but like the feeling of it is but is i'm surprised similar. at that is what i'm saying because yeah. like if there isn't a similar healthy if there isn't a similar functionality to the healthy brain then how can the the ways that it differs from being healthy be si- si- this is too philosophical no I, I get think. it but a Does lot of makes sense? I think a lot of as I understand it a lot of brain uh, disorders are classified mainly by the physiological symptoms you're exactly right and now that's a problem that I think that we're shifting away from a lot of other countries uh, other than America instead of uh Instead of we just diagnose disorders based on what the behaviors we see the person doing. Right. I guess that's all you can. Um, that's yes and no. Oh. So what they're trying to do in other countries is do more brain scans and do and see what's actually happening in the brain while they're also doing these behaviors mm-hmm. to that you need both because I've seen kids fake depressed. I've seen kids fake ADHD for sure. I've seen kids for long periods of time. That- long enough to get medicine that they oh, can then okay. snort. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. They're very smart. I've seen uh, people. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. What are we talking about? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've seen people try and fake uh, uh, psychotic 
symptoms and then I've seen it go to a point where it just becomes such habit that then they do have it and then they've changed their brain chemistry not schizophrenia certainly okay, not but still that's, anxiety uh, that's ADHD stuff uh, yeah but so, then also there, it, I, am I right in thinking that there are there are certainly diff, even before the story there are plenty of situations where different completely different causes end up in a very similar set of Absolutely. symptoms. Absolutely. You can have a, a, a head injury that can cause schizophrenia. Uh, eventually, you can have a drug overdose that will can cause end up causing a psychotic episode. Um, we also normed every single disorder that we know exists on white men way back in the day. Oh. So we've never thought, and they've done research since then, but like every standard we have of what depression looks like is from what white men how white men experience depression and how they experienced it back in the 40s and 50s and when we were doing all this research so that to me is the most outstanding thing uh because i don't know that female depression is the same as male i don't know that uh depression in other ethnicities looks the same based on cultural stuff and how you're supposed to express your feelings yeah it can come out differently there's so many filters you can put on it that i don't know I don't believe that there's one type of depression that everybody experiences the same way. So no one rewrites those symptoms with the new versions of like the DSM? We update the DSM, but not not enough. And uh, the ICM, which is what uh, our friends over in the UK use, uh, is to me a much, much better... Oh, really? um, It's a much better handbook for diagnosing people um it's like how sad are you about princess die today exactly you know and then and And then they just go from there how do you feel about the royals today right Right. today like how furry is your hat today today hey penny Uh, for your thoughts (laughs) yeah exactly exactly all right snort um (laughs) the the apa at this point has actually i might be wrong about this but I, i think the apa has actually withdrawn their support and will not support any research towards the DSM. That's how much they are against wow, the DSM. really? I didn't know it was that controversial. So these are all things that you have to keep in mind when you're... And, but as a therapist, you have to diagnose someone in order to get paid to treat them. You have to put a label on them in order to get and paid. And in order for them to get the treatment exactly. as well, for them to get that treatment exactly. covered. Yeah, so you have to figure out how what to call what they have to get them whatever it is they need, which may not fit so easily in a box. So what? what's the equivalent uh, to the like shitty pot doctor thing? What's the baseline easy to say? General anxiety? Like what's General the anxiety thing? disorder, uh, yeah. I feel like is, is ends up or like a non there's like a non-specific depression that I feel like I ended up uh, and, and not to say that it, it's just a really tough call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, the ultimate goal is getting that person to feel better and right. getting that person. And so I don't want to say anything that's like, no, there's never any fraud committed, but you do what you need to do. Um, to get them to into the treatment the where they will start of, to yeah. become. Yeah, absolutely. Cute. Does the diagnosis, the act of diagnosing it ever make them worse? Like if you find out, for instance, that you have like depression or anxiety, you're like, well, fuck. Like, not, and then you're you not know. with me because I never I tried to never uh, stress with my clients. Why well, don't you also did like the weird happy ending thing, which I thought's a, a breakthrough for, for therapy. But I no, I just not mean, even a laugh. Right? Not even a laugh. No. Not even no. acknowledged. No. Not even. Uh, that deserved. I, I went away for no, a second. Got what it deserved. <laughs> got what it deserved. <laughs> You should have. You should have. <laughs> the, uh, I, forgot, I, I forgot you were even here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people so take on so much their diagnosis and make it like part of who, like they're like, well, now I'm depressed. That's who I am. I'm, a, I'm depressed. Right. That's why I never say you're schizophrenic. It's also you're a person with schizophrenia because uh, you don't want to identify yourself as the disorder. It's only part mm. of who you are. It's well, not so everything. What were, you, what were you saying about changing your brain chemistry? That fascinated me. Hmm. You said people can change, actually change their brain chemistry with enough. I think eventually if you, and I'm not saying malingering is what's happening all the time but i think if you just like doing drugs right uh is a thing that you're doing physically to yourself that eventually changes your brain chemistry right. um 
I do think that if you are in a domestic violence situation and you're in an abusive relationship, that can change your brain chemistry. And uh, I mean, there's that, you know, all those studies done where like they'll put a dog in a room and have him be randomly shocked. Right. Well, this is before we had standards. Of course. Uh, and then eventually the dog learns to be afraid of everything. Like you, you, you teach you can teach someone to be terrified of everything. But based then your on job you is them. undoing, trying to undo that. Yeah, I suppose so. But, a little bit. But can, I was not anymore. Well, no, but but can <laughs> yeah. people no, it's change? making people happy. Can you through fake comedy? it till you make it? Basically, can what, you, yeah, that's what I mean. Can you can you change your brain chemistry back? Well, can it, you absolutely. Fake it till you make it. I think so. I, I to me, it's a combination of uh, sometimes medication is necessary. I, I'm not uh, able. I was never able to prescribe medication. Right. I don't have that kind of a degree, but I think that's part of it. But not that's to me the 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 guy holding his hands out for you to. To step and grab the ledge you right. still have to grab the ledge of course. Uh, and so my thing is teaching them habits that become the new habits that they do that hopefully replace the old habits so is cognitive behavioral therapy yeah. part of that a big part of that yeah CBT baby CBT um, do you have any easily uh, dispensable mm. advice for like couples what is the thing that you what's the what's the first thing just what's be the, yourself what's the first man just five dollars worth of advice uh, date the person you. in front of you date, date the person, person and not the person that you wish they were not the person that you used to be dating not the person that you hate. Uh, look at the person. Make sure you're dating the person in front of you and not dating whatever creepy, weird, or happy fantasy you've created. Because it's not fair to put someone in a box. That's right. so hard to disconnect from that, though. Yeah. Once like, you do I mean, it. It's, it's, I've done it, too. Yeah. I'm not doing any. I'm not giving any advice that I haven't. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I, yeah. Of course. Yeah. And, and, but I mean, that advice <clears throat> seems very obvious. That's oh, one of, sure. That's an easier said than done deal. That's the best. The best. Any mental health anything is like, oh, well, obviously. Well, yeah, but if it, it was obvious, it we would do right. it. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah, any yeah. easier. But I mean, any harder. any like crush, you get a crush on someone. The whole part that feels good, the whole endorphin rush is the the the, the fantasy, the mind video in your head. Which of, that person is most likely not like that at all. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I've actually gone up to guys in the past when I was single. They hate being coated in jello, you know, but I'm having my little thing. <laughs> Every once in a while they like yeah, it. Whatever. So uh, you're saying? Uh, I, and I, <laughs> not, I'm just trying to get it back on track. What the I'm favorite. just trying to get it back on track. What's going on today with Kershaw? glasses on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, Sassy. I've gone up to guys and been like, can you tell me something about you that's terrible? Because I need to know that information so that I don't think that you're the most perfect human being I've ever seen in my whole life yeah. uh, and been like been like, well I hate black people and we're like that's it we did it yeah. <laughs> see you later I don't need to have a crush on you I anymore I kill stray cats yeah <laughs> that, that would be a big like one like a perfect pickup line that's like still that other game like that's so good yeah that's really I'm not gonna say I haven't had sex with a guy and then been like <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay now we're done <laughs> but I needed to get in there first like I think we just gave listeners two great pieces of advice <laughs> date the person in front of you also use that pickup line like that's yeah right that's a yeah. great pickup line yeah. <laughs> Hey, can you uh, tell me something negative about yourself so I don't keep thinking you're perfect? <laughs> you know what? Now that you guys are saying it, I realize that really was just me trying to hit on guys. <laughs> I realize that now. Hey. It did not function the way it was. But it would be it great to. if a guy was really, he didn't take that that way at all and just told you like, something I really dark. I smell terrible. Like, like no, I, I mean, way worse than that. Oh, like, sure. I, I killed a dog for sport or something. or Yeah. just like, And you're like, oh. Ugh. I wish I just thought you were you perfect know, still. No you know how others. most people are like, anti-Hitler? Well. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> nice meeting you. Wow. <laughs> There's one more one more brain story that I want to do before we move on to some other science mm. topics. This was sent in on Facebook by listener Aaron uh, McGill Shivers. I'm Thank probably you, mispronouncing this. I hate you, Aaron. Girl or boy, Aaron? Uh, e R I N. Girl. Okay. Why do we hate Aaron? I don't know. I just I love you, Aaron. I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry, Aaron. <laughs> I appreciate your participation in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, scientists discover a virus 
that subtly changes the brain to make humans more stupid. Ooh. This is from an article in the International Business Times. What's uh, it called? The reality TV? Boom! Thank you for giving that up to me. I appreciate that. I got a high five. Um, <laughs> scientists at the Johns Hopkins Medical School and the University of Nebraska have discovered an algae virus that makes us more stupid by infecting our brains. The researchers were conducting a completely unrelated study into throat microbes when they realized that DNA in the throats of healthy people matched the DNA of a chlorovirus uh, virus known as ATCV1. ATCV1 is a virus that infects the green algae found in freshwater lakes and ponds. It had previously been thought to be non-infectious to humans, mm. but the scientists found that it actually affects cognitive functions in the brain by shortening attention span and causing a decrease in spatial awareness. This is like a, they have that at those juice bars? Is that what's happening here? Yeah, yeah, that stuff makes you dumber. Is that right? Well, no, I'm serious. No. You go get algae shit all the time. That's yeah. a big hippy-dippy I thing. Think, yeah, mm-hmm. I just don't, don't want to have chlorovirus ATCV1. Uh, For the first time ever, the researchers proved that microorganisms have the ability to trigger delicate physiological changes in the human body without launching a full-blown attack on the human immune system. Also, it's like stealth. Yeah. They don't know how it infects a human host, and it's not as simple as just going swimming in a lake or pond, so there's no need to stop doing that yet. Mm. Uh, Studies uh, published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences Journal. I... What... Hmm. Purpose? Why would algae want us to be dumber in that specific way, though? Uh, no, well, I you think it might be a side effect. Of, side effect, yeah. yeah. The researchers analyzed the throats of 92 healthy study participants and discovered the presence of ATCV1 in 44% of them. Too much. That's a lot. When they conducted tests designed to measure the brain's accuracy and speed in visual processing, as well as tests measuring attention span, the participants that tested positive for ATCV1 received an average of seven to nine points lower on the tests the participants who did not have the virus in their throats. This is worries it, me a little bit, because yeah, only like 92 a, participants is quite a small like study. It but is a very small study. But is that also like a Freakonomics thing, where it's like, obviously, dumber people just go swimming in dirty rivers? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, that's you're, a good point. Did they test I mean? them before and then test them again, or they're just testing lower overall? No, this is a, this is a retrospective. Like, they did that. Oh, fa- yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. You're clearly just, saying. you have a weird lifestyle. Well, like hang on a second, though. The researchers <laughs> then studied how ATCV1 affected mice, by injecting the virus into their digestive tracts. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. They then put the mice in a maze where the animals infected by the virus had a more difficult time finding their way around and were less likely to pay attention to a new object or notice a new entry that had previously been inaccessible. I'd love it to still be a human trait, though. Yeah. Like, the mice, the mice that had the virus, like, love NASCAR. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it just took an instant, like, love of NASCAR. They were able to get into the... ACTV1 was able to get into the hippocampus pathways of the mice and alter the expression of genes relating to memory formation, learning, and synaptic plasticity. And getting her done. Yeah, and getting her done. <laughs> yeah. Which is an important foundation <laughs> of learning and memory, as well as how the immune system of the mice responded to being exposed to the virus. Hmm. This is a striking example. This was actually also sent in by Jim Sardonic, a couple different listeners. Oh, really? Sardonic! Yeah. This is a striking example showing that the innocuous microorganisms we carry can affect behavior and cognition, uh, said lead investigator Dr. Robert Yolkin. Uh, many physiological differences between person A and person B are encoded in the set of genes each inherits from parents, yet some of these differences are fueled by the various microorganisms we harbor and the way they interact with our genes. Uh, the researchers' findings are a clear example that microorganisms have a greater influence on the human body than previously released, and further research into altering microbe, uh, microbiomes 
i.e. the balance of viruses and bacteria in the body, could one day help doctors to improve people's cognition skills. Yeah, that I would, I'm more interested in this in the opposite direction, which is helping if algae can hurt, then how can it also maybe help? That would yeah. be cool. Find the smart can algae. you do the opposite? Can you make yourself retain memories sort of better and be better at special illness? So this That's is why every day I think drinking a pint of chlorine, pure chlorine, right. is a good thing to do. Yeah, it cleans you out. Yeah. So if you combine this, if you're a cat lady and you have this, then you're extra doomed. Oh, yeah, because there was that story, that story, story we did a while ago. Yeah, about yeah. how it What's goes happening into your with brain. Poop? It was a story we covered a couple of months ago where there was another... What? There was, was it a protozoa? Cat, cat, yeah. Being around cats makes you literally makes you go crazy. It can make you a it, little uh, There's a parasite in their feces that'll get into your brain. and uh, It does affect. It can theoretically affect you. Uh, it does say, though, in this thing, Yolkan finishes up by saying, in the beginning, I think... Uh, sorry, it is the beginning, this study, I think, of another way of looking at infectious agents. Not agents that come in and do a lot of damage and then leave, like Ebola virus or influenza virus. This is a, this is a more subtle virus. I think that's interesting if we're, like, so focused on Ebola and, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, nope, algae. Done, yeah. Did a yeah. yeah, but also, you know, we're focused on the things that come in and make us noticeably, yeah. noticeably ill, noticeably sick, lesions, Slowly fevers, dumber. that kind of thing. And instead, this is one that just you don't even notice, but you're just slightly less good at navigating. It's idiocracy. Memory. Everything is idiocracy. Memory. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're less good at memoring, ladies and gentlemen. That's memory. what I just said in yeah. the, the story. Wow. I'm British. You guys remember Dwight Yoakam in Sling Blade? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just a great last name, Yoakam. Wait, Dw- Dwight Yoakam. He's a Dwight country Yoakam. singer who he was became in an actor. Sling Blade. Yeah, dude, he was the dad. He was the big shitty bad. Oh, guy. I never actually saw. I thought you were confusing him with Billy Bob Thornton. Okay, acting wise, I always uh, I just think of him as uh, he was Panic Room bad guy, right? And he was. Yeah, I think Ra- you're right. Raul. One of the Crank movies. He was the doctor. Yeah, he was Raul in Panic Room. He was in that movie Happiness. <gasps> he was in Happiness. That's right. He was in Happiness. He was the kid's dad. That Dylan Baker, man, great actor. Yeah. He was super creep. Which kids? Oh, sorry, this is movie corner. Well, you know the the kid, the one kid that the not kid that, not the kid that wanted to jerk off, but the kid that got that. Yeah, the, the baseball team kid. I can't remember it. I gotta rewatch the it. kid that ate the sandwich. I don't remember that. All I remember is Philip Seymour Hoffman with the postcards. Dad, there's blood and, in my uh, BM. I, can I say oh something? God! Oh God! Oh. <laughs> you may have happiness too memorized. You may know too many details. Uh, well, about that no, movie. I did a big. I did a big uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman marathon recently. You know, okay. out of uh, respect. Did you watch okay. other later Todd Salon's movies? Because they just got darker and darker. Like, I, yeah, I, man. I, there was an age when I liked his movies, and now I'm just like, what? You don't have. We don't have. To yeah, watch we don't this. have to, dude. It's, come, hey, yeah. buddy. Yeah, like, who feels like being super upset for a while? Yeah. If I want to do that, I'll watch a documentary. I know how to make myself. I just upset. saw Magnolia again because I went. I was down at. Uh, Foxfire, Firefox. Yeah, we Foxfire. are right. I mean, so many things were filmed along Magnolia Boulevard right here. Oh, I didn't know that. Like the bar that mm. like Mitch Macy. <laughs> no, I mean, so many scenes in the movie Magnolia. Where it's about yeah, yeah. Steel, Steel Magnolias was filmed there too. Right. Yeah. But, but you know the bar where William H Macy falls in love with the bartender with mm-hmm. braces. That's like two blocks oh, away. Oh, that's fun. Foxfire, and they yeah. didn't do any set dressing for it. No, that's the amazing it was thing. Exa- that's I recognize it they when it came went in. in the Christmas that's lights were this. The Christmas lights are different now. Now they have those track ones instead of the ones that are individual bulbs. It's been a few years. Got to update every once in a while. But like when I came in. I was like, I know this place somehow. Yeah. It was exactly the same. I love sitting at the H. Macy seat in that place. Is it the corner? Yeah, the far the far corner. Now it's over by one of those virtual touch. Right, uh, right. Don't connect with, don't make a Mr. connection Belden's with anyone. Mr. always playing machines. that one. Yeah. You guys, so we're talking while well, there's a thing on a comet. Oh, that's right. What, what, we haven't oh, said. Yeah. There's What's a thing, the thing on a comet. There's a thing on well, a comet. So by the way, we are, we are already. Shoot for uh, your dreams. There's a thing we, on a We can be comet. honest. <laughs> yeah. Do your things. There's, there's a thing on a comet. Thing we on are a s- comet, yeah. <laughs> we're slightly in the past when we're recording this. There uh, has been news since we since we recorded this. We're recording this on the day that it landed. So we now we're we're kind of a little bit 
when we started recording, we knew that that uh, Philea had landed on the comet, but that it was having trouble anchoring itself. Yes, the and anchors, now... the harpoons didn't didn't go, uh, didn't deploy. This is where we found out that comets are made out of magic and not out of right? real things. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, you can't deploy stuff into magic. <laughs> yeah. What are you Harpoons thinking? don't work on a comet. Don't you know that? <laughs> this uh, is a technology only zone. Or no, it's a magic zone. It's made of all yeah. ghosts. Comets are made of ghosts. Go to plan B. Deploy the phoenix hair. Uh, there's been a couple... <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> Wrap it up in a phoenix hair. There's a couple of stories about this. I, I like this story in the BBC that Mostly because friend of the show, past guest Chris Hadfield, did comments on this, and it's you'd say friend of the show. Yeah, well, you think he yeah, remembers he a good time? I bet. <laughs> <laughs> you think we went up to him and said, "Remember that one day?" I don't think <laughs> I don't think I told you this, but I'm going to be in London over like in mid December when he's doing oh, the book, book signing. signing. So I'm going to try. I'm going to go to oh, the book go signing. Buy, yeah, dude, buy the book and be like, "You, do, hey, we did our show," and then watch him pretend to remember. <gasps> oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. All you have to do is is mention the Russian nesting dolls. I think that's probably the only thing that'll stick out in his mind of the... Um, But uh, Chris Hatfield did say um, about landing on the comet and being close to it. Um, Now we're close enough to lick it and see what it's really made of. Excellent. That's what he said. Ghosts. Uh, Deploy the tongue probe. (laughs) So... Yeah, it's made of ghosts. We're excited. all getting attacked by one fly. Speaking of it's things, the yeah, same fly. This fly it is, is the same fly, and I've noticed it's taking turns oh, it dealing with it. I didn't yeah. have time to shower today yet. This is could. I be don't think that that's Dude, what it's it not is. on you. It's yeah. not on you. It's I get very insecure if there's a fly around because I look like I smell the worst <laughs> of anyone I'm around. It's same thing. Like if that's I, true. you do have wavy smell lines coming <laughs> off of you. you have I have wavy <laughs> cartoon lines, yeah. but that's just that's just my weird hair pattern. Peanuts. Well, no, it's the same if, like, if I am hanging out in a group... Pig pen, that's what If I'm hanging out in a group of people and someone farts, I'm so mad at whoever fucking did it. Because I... Everyone's just like, Jesse, why? And it's like, dude, that's not me. That's not me. I'll respectfully go somewhere Jesse, you're a vegetarian, and you look like that, so it was clearly you. Yeah, I just... I look like... I look like I'm the reason the flies are around, and that's on me. That's my style choices, whatever. I need to get my life together, but... You know. Stop making assumptions about flies. Stop making assumptions That's about true. them. Yeah, but yeah, we've we have we personally, the people sat around this table, have now landed something on a comet, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, uh, I, that's what I was doing all morning. I was like, uh, all those harpoons ready. God, I got a fucking podcast later, so I hope I get this. Uh, I got to do it thing fast. Landed, yeah, check Twitter, get the harpoons going, mm-hmm. and then drive to Valley Village. Yeah. Uh, that was your to-do list today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it it's meant to be taking pictures of the comet's landscape and analyzing its chemical composition. I don't know whether the, the fact the that it yet? hasn't harpooned. Yeah, there's a couple of cool photos. We'll really close-up photos that are pretty awesome. There's like one from one kilometer out. Show them to me. Here's here's one. That's what it looks like. Whoa! So this is when it's in the process of landing. Uh, it's pretty amazing. It looks it like moving. a Doctor Who villain. I know yeah. Armageddon got it totally wrong. Yeah, right. Like what a comet that was. A, was that an asteroid on the? That was a... Oh, it might have been an asteroid. There were two uh, Comet movies. No, I'm thinking of Night of the Comet, which is... Well, no, there was... Deep Impact and Armageddon. Deep Impact and Armageddon year. were the... It's like the volcano Dante's Peak. Those right. were like the mirror yeah. movies. And, and then there was the tornado again, one at the same time. Yeah. Sorry. There was the... Wait, Twister? What was the other yeah, tornado one? Yeah, I can't remember. There was another like disaster movie around at the same time that was another sort of... But was it another tornado? There was one called like Terror Alley or something, which was about like Kansas, like... Oh, about Tornado Alley, but it wasn't called Tornado Alley. It's called Terror Alley, but but Twister is so... It's bridesmaids and uh, female friends of the marriage woman. Which I watched on my Philip Seymour Hoffman marathon. 
Is he in that? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck he yeah, slummed a lot of movies. He was in Long Came Polly, talking <laughs> about sharding. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been in some... Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, he's the guy, he, he like, dies super quick, but he's the he's the guy in the yellow raincoat. It's like, it's coming! It's I see coming! him in a yellow raincoat. I have that memory, yeah. Um, That movie's so... Gr- it's so ridiculous. so insane. I love it so much. Bill Paxton chases tornadoes for, like, eight hours, and his fiance just leaves him. Yeah, she can't handle She's it. Like, Let's after, clear the tornado. After like eight hours, and it's like it's a, he's a professional at that. It was his yeah. job. Yeah. Like I, I don't think the marriage would work out. <laughs> I still stand by my favorite thing is the fact that like the good guys are in white weather vans and the bad guys are in black weather vans. Yeah, that, I need as, to rewatch it just to like. Yeah. yeah, that's really yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Matt is here noticing uh, oh, yeah. Nintendo controller. It's uh, I have yeah. a Nintendo controller phone case and the buttons, the buttons depress, but, but they don't actually do anything. But no, but I was surprised to see they actually are moving buttons. I can't tell you how but you can practice your combos. Yeah, you how soothing it is to just while I'm doing oh, anything nice. just be like because I got to a point that's where that's I was that, that, was that the NES or the SNES? Is that that's the SNES? That's the SNES. Yeah, I got to. A, I used to play like this, and then I with it in my hands, and then I, my cousin taught me to put it on the floor and and just play it like this, like, like, a, yeah, like a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, yeah. Are really, your is that better? Slower than your fingers? Your fi- uh, that- it's supposed to be faster to play this way. Although uh, that kind of makes sense because you've you've got firstly on the A and B buttons you have two fingers two rather fingers, than one so thumb jumping between the two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the modern con- con- like controllers obviously have to hold in your hands because there's buttons everywhere. But yeah. this one, it's apparently better to put on the floor. Yeah. It seems like the you know Dvorak keyboards. I'm sure once you learn it. It is faster, but I'm not going to take the time to relearn not how anymore. to type and Certainly relearn not. how to play. It's just, it's not a QWERTY layout. It's like, actually, your fingers are on the eight most common letters. So uh, okay. you do the least I'm not going to relearn that mess. Yeah, you're not Nobody's gonna. doing that. But yeah, you're, I didn't forget, but um, you're a big gamer. And uh, yes. to listeners that haven't already subscribed, you should check out the Indoor Kids. The, oh, thank on, you. Uh, nerdist. On the Nerdist, nerdist Network. Network. Nerdist tell you what else you should check out while we're talking about things to check out is hey. probably science.com. Yes. Where we link to all our guests and what we can... put up all the stories that we cover. And also there's the donation button on there. Surely no one's donated. Well, people have donated. No. Yes. Isn't that fun? That Who? Is, what are you talking nervous? about? It's We're talking about you don't have names. set up monthly donations. Je- yeah, Jessica Allen has set up a monthly donation. Thank what? you very much, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, David Geelan has donated an amount of money that's equal to his the atomic number of one of his two favorite elements, and he set us a challenge to guess what the other one is, and I have no idea. I thought about it. I won't it. tell you the amount. That's I'll a tell straight you up that nerdy thing. That's the, great. The thing he did donate is the atomic number of bromium, which you can look up, and I wonder if that's a punny bromium, favorite yeah. uh, favorite but element. Wait, but then he did... Bromium? If he's just a... Yeah. bromium. <laughs> he did put a winky face. So which one's 69? He's got to be talking about 69 at uh, that point. Or is there something that would go along with bromium that would complete the... Uh, hmm... Is there a uh, douche axiom? Oh, like, like Axe uh, body spray? Yeah, yeah. Mm, By the yeah. way, uh, just, yeah, I was just double checking that it wasn't an American UK thing. It's bromine. Bromine is the element. What did I say? Bromium is a. That's not a thing, is it? I want bromium to be a startup thing. company. Oh, <laughs> fuck <Bromium>. that. <laughs> they take everything, bromium? they take all the good things. How uh, do I make up the word bromium? Okay, sorry. Oh, well, oh. someone else did. You aren't the only one. But, uh, yeah, that's a good I name. want to start a shutdown company. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's always startup companies. But, um, Thank you, Dave. Can I get a Kickstarter for? I a... think most startup companies do that for themselves. Yeah, <laughs> I want to start Kick Ender. Yeah. And also, you, you you donate money to close things. Uh, <laughs> if you donate more than the Kickstarter, they will like buy out the company. We'll buy out the other company. Shut it down. Yeah. I'm going to start Kick Ender. Um, yeah. Breaking news as well. Since Uh-oh. we started oh. recording, Andrew uh, Minor. Ha- from uh, Colorado has also donated. Thank you very much, Andrew. We get a su- surprising percentage of donations that happen during recordings. Like a statistically like improbable... They know. What are the chances? Yeah, yeah there's like a force in the universe. Uh, so thank you very much for that. Uh, you could donate through probablyscience.com. You can also click on our Amazon link 
there and if you're going to be shopping anything shopping anything if you're going to be buying or anything from amazon.com or co.uk or the canadian version then <laughs> .ca is that what it is yep then you can click on those links and shop as normal and we get a little commission so that would be great particularly if you're doing your holiday shopping you can buy a property science shirt now Ooh, yeah, you guys have shirts? We have a shirt. What do they look like? Uh, it's just the original logo. Not even the original logo, just the uh, yeah, calculator cool little... font, probably science thing right, from an cool. early version. There's that, the, and we're going to hopefully bring out some more stuff. And if you're not, uh, if you don't have the funds to do any of those things, or you don't fancy donating, the other way you can really help us out uh, is by spreading the word. So tell loads of people about our mm-hmm. show. And write nice comments on iTunes and Stitcher and all those other things. And subscribe if you're not already subscribing. Well... I'll tell you guys, uh, a few people wrote in, you know, a few people have wrote in, uh, based on my theory that if you're, uh, fat enough or thin enough, you probably believe in ghosts. Okay. Right. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's, <laughs> That's a, a legit theory. theory. It's a good theory. It's a good theory and you know it. Everyone knows that. <laughs> we don't have to go into it in this episode. We, we don't, but really fat people, solid... really thin people believe in ghosts. Any average person does not. <laughs> and... Jesus Christ. Why is that so weird? What if you were fat and then you lose weight and just become normal size? You'll stop believing in ghosts. ghosts. Because what I'm saying is you always think like, I felt one just pass through my body. It's like, no, that's diabetes. That's the onset of diabetes. That's what's happening. I felt a tingle in my left leg. It's like, well, you need that amputated. (laughs) That's not a fucking ghost. Also, I apologize for for referring to people as normal sized when they are not overweight. That is way way normative. That is uh, is normative. I am way normative. Guys, it turns out that... Although I got uh, Dr. Insult over here, so I don't know why I'm... This is not Dr. Insult. <laughs> you know the reason you connect with that so you're like that does kind of make sense it I, I have, have if it wasn't a little I bit. have met a freaky yeah. amount of it's, no it's just the most random thing I've ever heard <laughs> yes. in my life no it's not really thin people are like is this place haunted I they're feel a chill cold. I they're feel always cold, cold. <laughs> it's cold yeah. They're always cold and they're malnourished. They like see stuff. Their peripheral vision's gone. <laughs> Emily is covering her I'm face. Go she drown can't myself handle the in the truth. pool. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this room feels haunted. You need to eat, like, a lot. Like, have a Snickers. So, guys, uh, researchers studying a dozen patients with neurological conditions say they figured out where that feeling of a presence phenomenon comes from. And now they built a robot that recreates that very same feeling. Jesus Christ. Just by sending mixed-up sensory and motor signals to the brain. The work was published uh, in Current Biology this week. A team led by Olaf Blanca of Ecole Polytechnique Federale de la Sainte. Perfect. He's who I mean. Um... Wait, Olaf Blanca of Ecole... Okay, this is French. Uh, by poly- the way, this story sent in by... Polytechnique? Yeah. Sure. Polytechnique Federale de Lausanne. Lausanne, uh, I think it is. Uh, Lausanne. Worked with 12 patients who had conditions such as epilepsy, stroke, migraine, and tumors. As a result of the underlying damage, the patients sometimes perceived invisible presences for seconds, minutes even. Uh, using brain imaging, the team traced these misperceptions to damage in any one of the three regions. The tempora per... Oh, God. You know about brain stuff, Emily. Mm. Tempora... Can I look at the right? Temporal yes, yes, par- parietal. Temporal parietal, insular, and frontal parietal. Oh, okay. Cortex. Yes. Front, I can't spell things, guys. Uh, dif- pronouncing, really. Different uh, brain lesions. <laughs> sure, sure. I can't. I don't even know what uh, even definitions. So I'll say spell when I mean pronouncing. Um, so, uh, I think people it's who all do the that algae believe in ghosts, Tennessee. usually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so uh, different... Um, nice bangs. How was Ren Fair? You know what I mean? I have a lot of like different... <laughs> I have a lot, I have a lot of like theories. I got a lot of theories. 
really like salad. I think I also love Nazis. <laughs> right, right. It holds up. It, if you'll notice. That's why we're all laughing. It's so true. That's why people laugh. <laughs> Comedy of recognition. Yeah, it's just based on nothing. I, anytime I've laughed, it's because I found it true. Mm-hmm. Uh, different brain lesions. Or someone farted. Have their associated sensory and motor deficits. Uh, and that spooky feeling that people get results from when the brain fails to properly integrate different signals received from the limbs. That's really interesting. These signals, often generated by touch, give us information about where we are in space and time. So how is it that healthy people also experience the feeling of a presence? Uh, so the, I guess this guy apparently thinks really fat and really thin is healthy. But uh, the team suspects... <laughs> Jesse. The team suspects <laughs> it's caused by confusion over the source and identity of uh, sensory motor signals. Hmm. People misattribute their own signals of bodily movements as something other, resulting in the ghostly sensation. You're convinced that there is something, but you don't see anything, you don't hear anything, uh, Blanket tells New Scientist. To test this, the team built a master-slave robot system. Uh, that allowed them, well, that's a okay that allowed them to apply physically impossible sensory motor conflicts oh that's interesting for example the robot made the healthy recruits feel as though they were reaching out in front of them and touching their own backs that's because the blindfolded recruits were using their hands and fingers to maneuver the arms of a master robot in front of them while another robot behind them would poke them using a similar movement at the same time. They're just having fun over there. They are. They're just, they're just fucking around. Uh, but when there was a half second delay in the poke, the participants felt that there was someone or something standing behind them. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, so when it was simultaneous, they were like, okay, I'm doing that. I'm controlling this. I'm the one making thing. that happen. Yeah. But when there was a half second difference yes it's really interesting 30 percent of the healthy participants spontaneously reported the feeling of having somebody behind them touching them blanca says to resolve the spatio-temporal Maybe it's because of the robot they put behind them that was touching them yeah and also that robot made like noises well, no, but what they did was that the robot touches them in ways that couldn't actually it, it's ways their own bodies would fire and trigger they're just trying yeah, to create you a delay. Reach. You couldn't touch that. How many of these people fell in love with the robots? Well, that's <laughs> we actually we have several stories about. Well, the robots, such things. the robots are also programmed to tell them something negative about themselves. <laughs> just negging just, them, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, you feel fat today, anyway. Boo. <laughs> I mean, I, I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to. The <laughs> Get back on your lunar module. Emily's Get back on that module. Emily's new character, the pickup ghost. <laughs> For like the really blasé. He could give a shit. He doesn't care about you. Don't date him, ladies. <clears throat> or men. Hey, I'm going to teach you how to literally rattle his chain. <laughs> Guys. That's in the ghost version of Cosmo. It's yeah, like ghost, ghosts are all, yeah, ghost Cosmo. It's called Cosmos. Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. Rattle his chain, ladies. <laughs> He's more transparent than you think. <laughs> so, he says you can't meet his family because they're dead. Whatever. Have an ec- <laughs> keeping them from you. 50 mind blowing ways to have an ectogasm. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> oh, God. I know. It's like, it's, it's too good. It's too good. It's like a lady in the streets and so like something about the ghost sheets. <laughs> right, you know, right. the, like, and a guy in the yeah, sheets yeah, in the sheets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the sheet in the sheets. So, so to resolve the spatio-temporal conflict in their head, which is what's happening with this slight time delay, the recruits generated the illusion that the touch was not caused by themselves, but by the other. And I think that's where the, the study comes in. 
Um, well, they got video. You can watch them. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll put that up on the site. Yeah. Some participants even started to feel as though their bodies were drifting backward in space toward the mysterious other. And when the researchers told some recruits that up to four people may have been in the room with them, the participants who experienced a delayed touch said they definitely felt there were people in the room, sometimes multiple, even though they were actually alone with the robot. Wow. The robot-induced presence was so disconcerting for two of the participants, they wanted to stop the experiment. Whoa. The findings may also help schizophrenic halluc- uh, help explain schizophrenia schizophrenic hallucinations as well as the third man phenomenon experienced by mountaineers and the third man phenomenon is fucking weird i don't know about that is that a thing that's that yeah when, when mountaineers like when you get up the oxygen levels are depleted and everything you get up super high like if you're summiting everest or something like that a lot of mountaineers will report someone else being behind them Ooh. but it's to a point where they can't even like they're too cold they can't even turn around that's so scary but they just feel like there's a pr- definite presence what yeah I'm reading this but NPR it, story that it linked to but it's from like spatial delay and yeah uh, from Fra- oxygen death I've never heard yeah, of that Frank Smith the British explorer who was almost the first person to reach the summit Everest label. Um, good point uh, he said uh, he, at one point on the ascent he reached into his pocket pulled out a slab of Kendall mint cake broke it in half and turned it around to give the other half to a companion but there was no one there all the time I was climbing alone, I had a strong feeling that I was accompanied by a second person. The feeling was so strong, it com- completely eliminated all loneliness I might otherwise have felt. What a lovely like coping mechanism to deal with the loneliness yeah. of doing that, too. It's, it's like, it explains the sort of... Imaginary friends. Well, yeah. All that guardian angel syndrome. Is yes. Sort of, it's, well, br- it could explain that. Absolutely. British people are so pragmatic about their mental illnesses. <laughs> You know yeah, what I mean? They're very useful. Feeding an invisible person. <laughs> well, no, it's just it's just like the and I I don't think that's a literal thing. I think it affects everyone the same, but just the way of explaining it. You know, it's like well, yeah, and then I just saw a bit of a demon fly in front of me. You it's know, always it's always Liverpool. Just, it's always Liverpool. Are you, are are you allowed to do a, a British accent in front of him? <laughs> well, there's so many. There are many British accents as American. I could just it's, do it. You know, but I'm also doing can like you, a 1950s Liverpool. Yeah. It's not even a, a real Liverpool. A anymore. southern accent because my I have two, one Australian, one British friend that can do dead on southern accent. Not well. No, when I'm drunk, I sometimes can slip into something that vaguely approximates one for about half a sentence. My mom is so southern that she sounds British sometimes. <laughs> How people does that have said that they're the most similar acts or weirdly they are. Say, I, people are like, oh, are you? Is your mom British? And like, what it's, are you talking? She just talks like it's like, definitely the go-to. British impression of an American. Oh, sure. It's, it's the most... It's a go-to American impression of American. It's true. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do, a New York accent? It's, Nobody it's uh, I mean, does any of that have to do with just the, the, the UK being the main influx to, like, the Appalachians? There, boom, boom, we, boom. We talked about this. There, is it? We had some but, story about how know, there is so. some, like, if, like language historians yeah. found well, some you, reason you, why they're the most closely... That's uh, it, that doesn't surprise me. You can definitely, in the varied American accents, you can definitely spot... Like, sort of, New York has... Well, like, bluegrass is just Celtic. Yep. You know? It's oh, that's true. Just, I can see that. New York, yeah, New York definitely has an element. You can pick out the bits of Irish in there, and you can pick out the bits of Yiddish uh, accents in there. Yeah, and Boston and New York dropping the R's in a different way than you guys do, but still dropping R's. I mean, yeah. like... There are some really weird ones. Um, In uh, Newfoundland, in the very northeast tip of Canada, Right. Uh, I, I was doing some shows there with an Irish comic, and... Their accents, I, like to me, they sounded just. Geez, these are really Irish accents. Yeah. To him, they were like, "This is Northside Dublin." Like, not only so was weird. not wow. only was he like pinpointing this as an Irish accent, right. it was a specific part of a specific city. Wow. Yeah, the Newfie accent. And then there's that part of in North. I think it was North. It like, might have been South, but it was like half of it. Yeah. There's just straight Cajun, like French, French Cajun accent. Is the like, it's thing. so fucking weird to me. Thing. Yeah. Have you guys seen the? Uh, you guys, Ken Burns fans. Ken Burns sure. stuff. 
Um, he did this one on jazz. Yeah. The Ken Burns jazz series. Um, but just the first episode is all about like, it's pretty amazing like how jazz formed in New Orleans based on like these horn bands, but then like Jim Crow was still happening. So like all this weird segregation, but it forced these musician unions. So you had like all these different people hanging out and then, and then it, it, it breaks it down in a very logical way of like how jazz would form. Um, how did Klezmer become a thing? That's the weirdest. Klezmer is interesting. It's all three, four, right? I don't even know what makes something klezmer, but it's all it's like accordions and uh, swamp instruments. Yeah, I don't, I don't but know. isn't it like all waltz based? It's, Maybe it is. Yeah, I don't know. I dig it. I dig a good klezmer. Sure, I do. I like it. You ever listen to like Dresden Dolls? Yeah, that's, that's all like, that's all mm-hmm. like super klezmer. Gogol Badello. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That oh, kind okay. Of, that's you know. what it is. Okay. Yeah. What's that guy's name? Eugene. That guy's a badass. It almost crosses over like the the like burlesque line though, which we've discussed annoys me. In, in terms of like the burlesque culture, like that sort of yeah, aesthetic. yeah, it's klezmery. Yeah, there's there, there's a big contingency of that at Burning Man, which is not my thing. I went to Burning Man for the first time this year. Oh wow! Well, anytime you get like, like steam, steampunk, yeah, yeah steampunk right. is going to involve yeah, burlesque. Yeah. It's going to involve you know corsets and eye patches. Corsets and eye patches, which is the name of my Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down. Of course it's an iPad. It's a very specific shop. That's <laughs> yeah. all I got. My Etsy shop is going strong for people with eye injuries. <laughs> people with eye injuries and who prefer... Squeeze it in. Yeah. The, most, <laughs> the most lazy and insulting use of the leftover fabric from your corsets. Yeah. <laughs> I also got eye patches. Uh, check this out. So. My sister just sent me a corset in the mail and I was like, I don't know if this is a relationship you and I have. You know what I mean? Did it... Uh, I mean, like they managed to get it through the letterbox. Like, how did it? it well, it, yeah, because it bends. It it bends quite nicely. It was a big box, but I was like, "What do I do with this?" And she was like, uh, "Take a picture and send it to me." I was like, "Molly, no, we're not going to do this." Yeah, <laughs> we're very close. We're I not killed a whale for this. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Do we have time for one more story? We should probably wrap it up, shouldn't we? I, I don't know. Do do we? Actually, I wanted to ask for recommendations on on video games from yeah, Emily let's, if let's, she has let's anything. Close this out. Let's let's talk about because uh, I've been. I, I just am interrupting. I'm just being a dick. <laughs> just a moment of self-awareness from... Sorry. Totally fair. I know. I think this is the first time I've noticed. I've just been like, you know what? That's not okay. <laughs> and you guys, today was the day. To the, they had a moment. We had, we had a break. I think it's because we break had a couples counselor. That was yes. kind of a breakthrough. You host a podcast with the co-host in front of you. Yeah. You know? That's, yeah. that's, what you first, that's what you first have to learn about. Yeah, well, what have you noticed about the tensions in our group? Oh, intense. <laughs> Very intense. <laughs> It's a lot going on do, here. Do we have a future? I, uh, you guys are going to be fine. To be fair, this is the third recording we've done in the last 20 hours, so we're oh a little God. bit yeah. punch drunk. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're, uh, we're punch drunk. There, if Kumail and I record two back-to-back, like when we drive home, I, we're both just like, please don't, let's not talk. I don't want to talk to anybody. And then we just go into separate rooms for hours. The it's, reason why uh, you have the coffee in front of you is what I, we purposely timed in a coffee break, just so there'd be time to... Regenerate. Yeah. That's why I had to cut down. In fact, now that I think about it, there was a lot of reasoning behind cutting down go. that orange tree. There was something else at play. It's there. a cleansing ritual. It was yeah. kind of like I need to do something physical and not the. What, yes. what is it like yeah. working with uh, your partner? Uh, I'm asking on behalf of Matt and Andy, but, but yeah. what is it? it's it, we we figured it out. It took a little while for us to figure it out. I, you, did it we really, even mention your partner's name yet? I don't think uh, we did. Uh, my husband is Kumail Nanjiani. He's and we have a podcast together, and we work together in a couple of different ways. Yeah, and uh, just melt down doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's it can be rough sometimes. I think the hardest part is uh, at first, like the cutting off that you guys were talking about. When he would do that to me, I'd be like, "He should know better. We're married." And then I was like, "What am I doing? This is so like on both ends." We would be like, I I would have to be like, "Okay, while we're in this room, we're not 
really husband and wife were kind of co-workers right. and I can't react to him as if like you should know better than that. you should take care of me you're a little baby like that's can't I'm so sorry I did that boy. Is that is that your is that your home life? Is that <laughs> what you guys? Emily, uh, what does he sound like? Yeah. <laughs> that just makes me want to say, can you show me something wrong with you? Because I just need to know that you're not perfect. After That's that. the like, most perfect part of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, Neil, what are we doing? What tonight? are we doing? What are we doing? You know, um, that was and he's the same, but with a different accent. <laughs> <laughs> he's southern somehow. Uh, that was the hard part was figuring out that like you can't. While we're in that room, it's not like they're not my spouse that I need to protect and uphold and love and do all that. Like you're my coworker, and so mm. I'm going to cut you off, and you're going to cut me off, and we have to be cool. Um, so that took a while, and just like boundaries, we we have to ask each other's permission if we to talk about work when we're at home. Okay. Oh, that's a really good idea. Uh, because oh. I don't like sometimes you don't. And at one point we were. You know, doing a live show together, uh, editing a television show together four or five days a week, uh, and also doing a podcast together. And it just got very uh, like we were like we need to have an hour where we don't talk about yeah, anything Etsy else. Yeah. What do you talk about in that hour? Just nothing. Our Watch cat, TV. Okay. Our cat, or, or or movies or TV, yeah. or we just tell each other dumb stories. But like, no movies and TV what shows. Did you that get you're up involved to? Yeah, no, right? <laughs> yeah. What did you get up to at work today, honey? Yeah, no, it's like and it's much better when we're obviously we we figured out how to do it, but we both prefer like having our own stuff and then also having like one or two things we're doing together. Uh, I never had intended to work with him as much as I do, but we work well together. That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's awesome. I yeah. worked with a partner and stuff in the past, and it fe- that shit fell apart immediately. It can. You know? But I don't think it was like in the cards. I think it was already. Sure. Yeah. You know? I think maybe the first year of Meltdown, we would get into some... I think Jonah was concerned that he, that Kamal and I would team up against Jonah, and really it was all of us fending for ourselves, because <laughs> we would argue about the most random shit, uh, and it would... Like, we just had a hard time... We, we, yeah, we had a hard time kind of figuring out those boundaries, but we yeah. got it worked out eventually. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, it ended up as a very good show. Oh, thank yes. you. Yes, uh, and what about? I was the, I was going to ask because we had an episode on the history of video games. We did. We oh, sometimes that's fun. do probably history every once in a while, and uh, mm-hmm. that was one of our most downloaded episodes. So I was like, oh, we probably have a lot of fun. crossover with gamers. So the do you have any recommendation? Ray diode device. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> the first video was the game, game of it. The, the, no, the, the first game in like forty seven. I thought it was oh, tennis yeah. for two or XO, no, that was after XO that. or something. It was, it was like technically it was like the cathode ray X-ray device. Oh, was, okay. Yeah, it was basically just get the, wasn't it like basically maneuver the thing so it's maneuver the, the two points. Yeah. I just finished reading Ready Player One. Have you guys it's a great read book. That? Yeah, it was really yeah, fun. Yeah, it's a fun book. Very, very pop culture-y, very like, easy to read. Yeah. Ernest Klein? Oh, yeah, Ernest it? Klein. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a futuristic dystopia where there's this uh, second life-ish thing that everyone lives in, mm-hmm. and the guy who created it dies and leaves, like Willy Wonka style, he's going to like leave it to whoever finds this Easter egg. But the Easter egg's within these, the game? Within this giant, massive universe, and within that, there's tons of nostalgia for 80s gaming So much stuff. nostalgia yeah. stuff. Every, like, on one page, I think we counted, it was like 10 references on one page to like wow. different... It's Pop bonkers. And it got optioned as soon as it got published, oh, I sure. guess. So it'll be a movie, I'm sure, in the next few years. But wow. Or maybe never. Or not. Yeah, that doesn't work yeah, out. It don't... seems like getting the rights to everything in it would be impossible. Is what I couldn't figure out if you made a movie out of it. Like, how would you get That's a to sign point. off on all the things? Yeah, you'd have to go through. Every, That's very true. Yeah. We don't have a uh, console here in the house. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. I know. So, but I'm I do... I do like uh, so I have a I just have a Mac so I just I just do like uh, I mean I can do I did Bioshock but then I do the mm-hmm. Blizzard stuff um, I'm not doing like World of Warcraft but yeah. I do but I'll do like Starcraft I did Diablo three oh, okay um, so you're that's got, pretty hardcore I got real into Starcraft though like Starcraft two yeah like I'm I'm like I'm ranked pretty high like in the European league nicely done really? <laughs> yeah I didn't know that about I'm you. on the European ladder but like pretty decent I'm like platinum league. 
I played it a bit, but I felt like I didn't have the time to devote to it that it would require. I did enjoy it when I played I, it. Uh, yeah, I, I, mm. it does take a little bit of time, which when I learned to play it, I sort of had the time. But I also think that I naturally had that sort of brain. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I just sort of knew the timing and rhythm of it and, like, where to put well, stuff. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I'm not like a first person thing. I just suck. I I'm not suck good at first at person stuff. stuff either. And I still play them because there's so many games out that are fun. But I'm, I just always explain to the people I play with that I'm not great with them. What attracts you to a video game? Uh, these days, I like a good story and uh, a mechanic. I don't care about graphics so much. Uh, I really, really genuinely don't. But uh, I, want a, I want a new way to use... I want a new spin on the same mechanics we've all been seeing for 20 years Did you or like so. Braid? I'm a big Braid I loved Braid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Braid's like the one everybody always tosses yeah, yeah. out. It's like, oh, this is what games can be. Uh, but there's a Sorry. lot of... Sorry, whoa. That no, was no, a really no. harsh <laughs> impression to me. But I just end up talking about Braid a lot yeah. because that is the one everybody... like. But there are other games... I like French Braid. Um, it was a... Crate. It's crate time. Yeah, it's crate, it's crate <laughs> time. Whoa. Like, oh, I thought you said crepe. Um... <laughs> Uh, Are you just naming French things in your head? Yeah. Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Baguette. She's Arm. back in therapy mode. It's just association. Yeah. Arc de Triumph. Uh, um, Everything looks like a butterfly to her. Was, was there a new thing that, that's Braidish you were going to name? Because I want to know about um, it. There's a game called Splatoon that's coming out fairly soon. It's actually, I don't even think it's Splatoon. out quite yet, but Splatoon's whole thing is that you have to, everybody, instead of a gun that you're given, you're given a paint. A, a, um, like a paint gun mm-hmm. and your job is to coat as much of the level as possible with your color and oh, you can cool. also once you like coat it with a certain amount of your color you can actually drop down and move like become part of the paint and then move across the room very quickly as part of that it's a really fun oh, that's a great idea. strategic way of using uh, what ordinarily are bullets and kind of making it into something new there's also a really cool game called Unfinished Swan where you're a kid who's trapped in a um, like a storybook um, and you literally everything is white and you have to paint everything with paint to find out where because literally everything is white to find where corners are to find where doors are everything has to be coated in paint so you can even see where to go it's oh. kind of amazing wow and I love stuff like that like I'll, I'll play a shooter I'll play a big huge game I loved Bioshock obviously because it's an amazing world but I like stuff that takes like just has a weird new mechanic yeah. I haven't seen have you ever before. tried you uh, the I did that was a great game the what game Limbo All right Limbo. I'm looking that up too. Have you ever tried the phone game um, Space Team? I did. I played Space Team a bunch. Uh, Yeah. I like a game where you have to... I still love games where you have to get together with people to play them and that's such a great game where you have to like yell stuff at your it's friends so fun. It's if, people, if you guys haven't played space team it requires more than one person in the same room with a phone or an iPhone. ipad yeah. yeah um but it's super fun it's hard to even explain but um we played it on our podcast for like 20 minutes and people nice. thought it was amazing and you're literally just people yelling stuff at each other that makes no sense it's awesome it's, and the writing it's is hilarious, hilarious. Yes. like the instructions great great out our, yeah. i'm gonna have to get that i yeah. loved cut the rope i love spirits I like phone games. What is Spirits? I don't I I'll look that, that up too. God, Spirits, good recommendations. Spirits is an incredible phone game, and the mechanics are really cool because it's it's really hard to get good gravity mechanics or liquid mechanics mm-hmm. like on a, on a phone. I mm-hmm. assume that's a lot of code. Uh, and Spirits is based on uh, like wind. Wind movement is oh, basically you're like these. Uh, it's just these spirits trying to get home. But but instead of moving them, you're putting things like a little cloud of wind or something in their environment. <laughs> they just keep moving. It's like a tower. That's super like cool. A, you know. Okay. So like, 
it's just it's like a let's just say it's just a, an analogy. It'd be like a guy walking, and you can choose to put a wall in front of him or not to stop him from walking. No, you're building the environment around them to get them to a certain point. Yeah, that's really sort cool. of lemmings-ish, like but a different. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. there's a very lowbrow version of that. It's a Disney game called Where's My Water. That is has alt, like tons and tons of levels, but it's also the same of like you're trying to get water. Water's flowing, and you have to change the environment Redirect to get it where the, it needs to go. Love it. Um, and it's it's dumb. It's a it's you're literally trying Play to get. It as it lies. <laughs> <laughs> Not just weird. <laughs> happy Gilmore. Oh, oh I don't know happy. I've never seen Happy Gilmore. What? Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you're getting enjoy that divorce. <laughs> Um, from whom? Adam from Jesse. Did you not know oh, like everyone, everyone who's on the show is oh, technically married know. to Jesse? Sorry, I we should have explained that piece of paper, but I didn't know I, what yeah, it was. I should have explained yeah. that with an email. Sorry, we're a sovereign nation here at this house. I didn't know. I didn't know you could marry a comic without having seen Happy Gilmore. I literally thought you'd like you get fined. Uh, like I don't know that. Camille I don't think I've ever seen it. I'm not sure it's. Con- I'm not it's sure like it's as canonical as you think that it is. Happy Gilmore is fairly canon. Have you seen Billy Madison? I haven't seen either one. Okay. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I'm making everyone uncomfortable. Interesting. Tommy I don't think I've seen Boy? that. I Tommy love Boy. Tommy Boy okay. more than anything. Yeah. Not an Adam Sandler fan. That's fine. I get it. That's okay. You, you don't well, it's to too late to be a fan. Like You couldn't go back and see Certainly it with fresh not. eyes now and like it. But I've if, seen the Bob Barker it, scene. Everybody's seen right. that. Yeah. If you saw it, Blade Madison in 94, I think you would have liked it. But Emily, mm. where can our listeners find out more about you and your work? You can On Twitter, I'm at The Gynamite, which is T-H-E-G-Y-N-O-M-I-T-E. Uh, not vaginamite. I'm not that dirty. And, uh, on and not Tumblr, Vegemite. Not Vegemite. Which no, not that it. Australian. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that Australian. I'm at Tumblr, uh, emilyvgordon.tumblr.com. And uh, yeah, you can watch the first season of The Meltdown on Amazon or uh, iTunes. And I think on Comedy Central On Demand. Cool. Awesome. And and you can download the Indoor Kids podcast. Oh, well, yeah. Too. Sorry. And uh, I've got a podcast called The Indoor Kids uh, that's on Nerdist Network. It comes out every Monday. Great. So get those. And the live uh, mm-hmm. Meltdown show which is at the back of Meltdown Comics mm-hmm. every, Wednesday. every Wednesday. I will be on the one. Like, I'm pretty sure the one that will be coming out immediately after this episode drops. Yes. So there you so go. Perfect. Come down to that if you live in the LA region yeah. and see me amongst, I don't know who's going to be on that show, but I know it's always good people. It's always... Emily probably does know who's going to be on do. that show. I won't tell anyone. Secrets. Bob but, oh, nice. I don't think he's For a real? secret. It's oh, okay to say. Nice. <laughs> huh. well, well, great. Check that's... that out. And uh, yeah, when you're shopping for holidays, don't forget to go through our Amazon link and maybe buy a shirt for your loved ones and as well. If you live in either Seattle or Portland, the Thanksgiving weekend, the Friday and Saturday, I'm going to be in Seattle on the on the Friday. That's the 28th, I think. Yep, the 28th at the Neptune Theatre. And the following day, the 29th, Saturday, I'm going to be in Portland at Funny Over Everything at the Hollywood. So if you are in either of those two towns or near either of those two towns, please come down to my show. It'll be very cool. And come up and say hi and say you listen to us. Uh, December 3rd and 4th, I'm at uh, Comedy Works, downtown Denver. Uh, go, a great go club. Say, it's it's nice. very good. It's nice. Uh, come say hey. Come say hey. Throw things at me. Um, if you are particularly overweight or underweight, I'm sorry about the ghost thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just for the podcast only. I still want you as a fan of my live stuff. Um, so please come <laughs> see that. Maybe if you're an appropriate weight, I guess you could be a fan of yours. Uh, <laughs> um, other than that, you know, we, we'll, t- we'll talk about it. I'll defend my theory. You probably don't, just don't even know you believe in ghosts yet. That's probably a thing. Any questions, comments, or clarifications? <laughs> you can email us, probablyscience.gmail.com. You can tweet us at probablyscience. You may wish to send us stories that you found. Uh, we tweet them out as well. So if you email them in, add your Twitter handle if you want us to, be, if you want us to credit you with that. Uh, you may wish to complain about any issues that have been raised during mm-hmm. the course of this episode. Certainly. Or just comment or send stuff in. We always like to hear feedback. We like to hear from you guys. 
And in the meantime, uh, subscribe. You can donate. You can go through the Amazon link. You can tell your friends. We appreciate when any of those things happen. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Emily Gordon, for joining oh, thank us. Thank you, guys. This was very fun. And we Thanks will see you next week. Love each other. Bye, Bye everyone.